0: of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net and with that thanks for listening and please enjoy the show hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of feeding curiosity i'm your host eric wenzel as always in today's episode we are going to do a short form style podcast as you all know if you're a long time listener to the show i love books I think to learn in long form shows the effort needed to absorb quality information. A book is an investment of time and an investment to reflect on what you've learned. A book is a new window into another person's mind and how they view that premise. With that, let's jump into my most impactful books of 2019. Also, this podcast will be released as a blog as well. That means you can go to the blog page to find all links and related information for this podcast, as well as a summarized list of all the books i share here if you don't need the extra information for more information head to feedingcuriositynet slash podcast and you'll find it there here we go how to change your mind what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness dying addiction depression and transcendence by michael pollan michael pollan is one of the best journalists out there I learned so much about the history of psychedelics. It took on a life of its own with people like Timothy Leary who fanned the flames. These compounds escaped the lab and into the mainstream sooner than society was ready for. There seems to be a proclivity for these compounds to turn socially transformative. When the revolution comes too soon, the status quo has a backlash. How to Change Your Mind dives into the history of psychedelics, who the people were that started the research, and in the latter half, examines the neuroscience and psychotherapeutic research that is now in a resurgence after being pushed underground. Michael Pollan says it best for trying to understand how psychedelics may affect the brain. It feels like a fresh coat of snow over the brain, especially at a later age. As an analogy, thinking of shaking a snow globe, the idea is that as we age, we solidify our neural pathways and they become like ruts in the road. When you take a psychedelic like psilocybin, in essence, you're smoothing over some of these pathways which allows you to come to situations with a fresh perspective. If you're curious about all the rumblings in the psychedelic research and the history of why they went underground, How to Change Your Mind is a great place to get you started. For a deeper paper cited in this book, read The Entropic Brain, A Theory of Consciousness, States Informed by Neural Imaging Research with Psychedelic Drugs by Robin Carhart Harris, who is the head of the Center for Psychedelic Research at Imperial College London. Our next book is Born a Crime, Stories from a South African Childhood by Trevor Noah. I specifically recommend this as an audiobook. Trevor narrates it himself, which allows for a richer experience to understand what it means to grow up in South Africa by having him add in in the accents such as how his mother spoke. One of the stories that resonated was the struggles of having a deep relationship with his father. When Trevor was born, it was at the end of the apartheid in South Africa. Although his father was white, there was a cultural stigma around having mixed children Trevor couldn't be seen with his father. He tried to have a relationship with him for as long as he could. Eventually, his father moved away, and Trevor couldn't have regular contact. Around the age of 21, Trevor reconnected with his father. He shares how his father had saved a notebook of all the events Trevor had been a part of as he grew up. Trevor's father had been following along with his life as best as he could. Trevor calls it being chosen. I love that quote. You can't give a better gift to someone than choosing that person choosing to have that person in your life overall trevor's story reminds me of some of my friends and sharing the idea of cultural chameleons where you don't you don't belong to only one culture you're able to transform and shape shift into different cultures as needed for readers who enjoy autobiographies this one is for you or if you want to be exposed to a culture unlike where you were born this will help shake up your worldview altered traits science reveals how meditation changes your mind brain and body by daniel goleman and richard j davison Alter Traits was recommended by Nicole Davis on this podcast. It was another book that opened up a lot of new avenues for me because this breaks down the science of mindfulness and meditation. Alter Traits tries to build a framework of science on the reported changes in the brain and body for those that meditate. For any of you out there that are very scientifically minded, like me, this is a great place to start if you haven't gotten into mindfulness or meditation yet. As a final closing thought on this book, can the idea of altering traits be expanded on? When I take a deep breath, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. My thought here is that we can alter the brain and body at a level we don't realize is taking place, such as posited by mindfulness. For example, by choosing to work out, are you altering traits in the brain or in your body? Or by choosing to eat healthily, are you changing other traits? And you do this over long periods of time. Do you continue to create new traits within yourself? There's a case to be made that psychedelics may be activating some traits that meditation and mindfulness do by pressing the window at which you need to be practicing if you're going to believe the 10,000 hour rule. To reiterate, if you want to understand the science of mindfulness or how they're trying to study what is happening within the brain, Altered Traits is scratching the surface with how science is now catching up to explain what is happening in the brain and body. Stealing Fire How Silicon Valley, the Navy SEALs, and Maverick Scientists are Revolutionizing the Way We Live and Work by Stephen Coulter and Jamie Wheel. Here's a little background. I read these books in this order, from How to Change Your Mind to Altered Traits and then Stealing Fire. Stealing Fire is encapsulating all these ideas that I didn't think existed in the same overlapping areas. All of a sudden, it puts the idea of ecstasis or flow in front of you. And I realized this was the common thread I was exploring over the last two books, I've been training myself to be as present as possible, which could be called flow by some definitions. The book attempts to answer the question, how do we engineer our lives so that we can be in flow more often? I thought this book set up and built a framework of how to use flow as another tool in our lives. I would say flow, in my own personal vocabulary, is the ability to be as present as as you can for as long as you can. The authors do temper the idea of what extasis triggers for us, the sense of timelessness, and the infinite present with a caveat. Don't become a bliss junkie. As we all know intuitively, there can be too much of a good thing. If you're a reader that wants to push the edge of performance, Stealing Fire is worth exploring and doing your homework on what triggers your flow. Our fifth book is, I don't want to talk about it, Overcoming the Secret Legacy of Male Depression by Terence Reel. This book was recommended many times by none other than Dr. Peter Atiyah. I've talked about him many times on this podcast or shared his own podcast, The Drive. I Don't Want to Talk About It is another book that had a tremendous emotional impact on me, because we can look at depression with a different lens. Most of us understand the DSM-5 version of what depression is, the turning inward on oneself, a lack of energy, and not wanting to leave the house, etc. Terrence lays out the idea that this may not be the whole picture. There are other ways that depression manifests itself. So the original version I described is called overt depression. What Terence describes is covert depression. Males in particular are predisposed to, to this likely due to how they are socialized. That means even though a male may be covertly depressed, they can still perform in the roles they're supposed to well enough. But they cope in other ways. They'll become workaholics, they'll drink, and they'll become abusive. They become destructive forces to those around them. The entire book is built around Terence talking about his own experiences and breaking that cycle. He also shares experiences as a family therapist and with how he helps others working, work through their trauma. It is a pathway out of darkness. If anyone is going to be a parent or honestly, a male should look into I don't want to talk about it. Or if you want to understand how men may process their emotions or not have a deeper connection with their emotional side. This book allows for new insights to help see behaviors with fresh eyes. Up next, we have Range, Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World by David Epstein. As many of you know, I try to explore as broadly as possible. It, maybe it's part of my engineering background, or perhaps it's a quirk of my personality, but I believe in looking at skills across the spectrum. What are the skills that you can distill down and be a top performer with or perform within the top 80%? I think that's important. This book explores many of the ideas within companies like serial innovators or looking at unique individuals that can blend skills that don't seem intuitive. As humans, we tend to look at starting in a new domain as a waste, but this is a sunk cost fallacy. For anyone interested in this area, there is an idea of making your own category, a category of one, and is looking at what you can bring to the table that only you can provide. What are the unique blending of skills that make you you? what makes up your secret sauce. I think the generalist idea comes back because you'll become a generalized specialist at some point. Eventually you will choose something to specialize in because you've tried so many different things and one thing scratches your itch enough. I'm here talking to you in podcasting right now. I'm still a podcaster. That's what I'm choosing to focus on as my product. But I'm going to continue to absorb information across domains and then feed that into the podcasting domain as an example. Range is for anyone interested in shaking up their assumptions on learning. I find that most skills you acquire can be used in situations you never thought would pay off. Range makes a case for you to be as broad of a learner as possible. Next book is The Dream Machine by M. Mitchell Waldrop. Below is a preface to what makes The Dream Machine such a unique book painting a picture of why the world has computers today. Behind every great revolution is a vision, and behind perhaps the greatest revolution of our time, personal computing, is the vision of J.C.R. Licklider. He did not design the first computers or write the software that ran on them, nor was he involved in the legendary early companies that brought them to the forefront of our everyday experience. He was instead a relentless visionary that saw the potential of why individuals could interact with computers and software. In this book, it chronicles the life of J.C.R. Licklider, as I said above. But it's so much more than that. It talks about how Lick was at the unique intersection across domains. He started as a psychologist in psychoacoustics, how the brain interprets sound, and then he became interested in machines that were the early computers. They were mechanical at first, and there's something about them that captured his attention. One of the first projects he got to work on with them was thinking about the human factors with computers. How will people interface with this technology? Lick was truly ahead of his time with his ideas. One such paper was called Man-Computer Symbiosis. He believed that computers would one day be our ultimate partners, not overtake us like the AI industry would like us to understand. No, he thought that AI or computers would do the routinized work, the automated work for us so that we as humans could do more of what we're best at, which is creativity, allowing us to synthesize and create. The computers are there to facilitate the data gathering or test our hypothesis more effectively. Lick was the Johnny Appleseed for computer research in the early days. He was the first director of the Information Processing Techniques Office, IPTO, at ARPA, the United States Department of Defense, Advanced Research Projects Agency. They gave him money, and he went on to the United States, giving it to universities and other researchers. He planted the seed for computer science industry as we see it today. What I'm using right now to talk to the world is fruits of that 60-year legacy. He has more influential papers like man computer symbiosis that was mentioned above the computer as a communication device is another one he also wrote of a similar idea to the internet as we call it today but it's closer to science fiction in name the intergalactic network all these papers are worth the time to read in in and of themselves because it feels like this technology was always here but the ideas had to come from somewhere first it's exciting to see how lick made an impact on people and he said hey you've got a good vision I'm gonna give you money, but I'm not gonna go hold your hand. I just want you to create it. Try to make it real, live in the future. licks superpower wasn't building technology. It was giving away ideas and allowing those that could build a technology make that jump. As an engineer, I think this book should be given to every engineering and computer science student. I may as go as far so far to say that everyone should read this book because we, are reaping the rewards of an entire industry of researchers and thinkers that never look to sell it or keep the technology for themselves. We should know the foundation of where the technology that we're building on and using comes from, because that's the only way we can continue to iterate. And now we're on my final book, Awareness, The Perils and Opportunities of Reality by Anthony DeMello. I used awareness as my sleep aid to clear my brain, and it felt like a soothing wave over me i'd read one section each night and let it sit with me as i slept it's excerpted talks from tony as he would have given them on stage and it doesn't beat around the bush he just says what he says and gets to the point i don't think everyone is going to be impacted the same way that i was but i think it's worth checking out because you may find something in it that you wouldn't have expected for me this is not my typical kind of book but i got so much value and processed much of my own inner turmoil in many ways helping me let go of thoughts that I hadn't processed before. I would recommend awareness to anyone. I don't know what you'll get out of it specifically, but I'm sure one passage will resonate. This book has now become my most gifted book, at least for 2019. Now to take this all home. Here's a small quote I wanted to read from J.C.R. Licklider in From Man Computer Symbiosis: Books are among the most beautifully engineered and human engineered components in existence. They will continue to be functionally important within the context of man-computer symbiosis. Hopefully, the computer will expedite the finding and delivering and returning of books. I wanted to end with this quote because providing a podcast and a blog with this, (laughs) it feels like that for me because the internet allows me to create this awesome hyperlinked document that I've created while writing this podcast and also record this awesome thing so that we can get it out to as many people. I hope you find value in these books. And at the very least, share a book with someone this year. As the year end, think about the books you've read. Because I think a lot of people try to read just for reading's sake, but it's not about just reading. It's about taking something away from these books. For me to look at all the books I have read and parse down which ones have made an impact on me was more difficult than I expected. But furthermore, taking the time to share these books with you i reverenced much of the material that has made an impact on me for my own sake i would appreciate all of you to share what books you found valuable in 2019 if not with me but with someone you think could use it and so with that everyone thank you all for listening if you're interested in looking at these books or checking out any of the other things that i said here in this podcast go head over to feedingcuriosity.net slash podcast, and you'll be able to find so much more than just these books to dive into. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.